you for another Lord's Day, God. I thank you that we would honor it as such, Lord, that we would put the focus on you, not in our to-do list, not in the things that we have going on the rest of this day, God, but in this moment right now, God, we commit this time to you, Lord. I thank you that we have the privilege to gather together as a united body, Father, and encourage one another and be encouraged by the word that is brought forth, God. So I pray that you would just continue to strengthen Rob, Lord. And as we go into this time of, of worship and song, God, I just pray that these words would minister to us, God, and that, um, Father, as you bless us, that we would bless you with our lives, God. And that we would not dishonor you, that we would stand for righteousness, that you would ground us, Lord, that our roots would grow down deep, God. And I just thank you for the privilege that we have to come together, that you woke us up today, God, and that we could be here, Father. So we honor your name as sovereign Lord and King, King of kings and Lord of lords, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship our King. Amen.
זה שהוא חי, ממלא מלחץ, זה שהוא חי, מסיר
Continue to cling to the temporal things of this earth, Father. God, that we would cling to Christ and Christ alone. So thank you, God. Thank you, then. Thank you for the hope that we have in the resurrected Christ and Jesus. Oh, may we fix our eyes upon Him the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Father, that you've begun this work in us, Lord, and that 
you are faithful to complete it, that we are the work of your hands. Yes. And, Father, you would not neglect the work of your hands. That, Thank you, Lord. Father, you loved us so much that, God, you sent forth your Son. You, you know the condition in which we are in, mm -hmm. and yet, Father, you freely gave your Son that we might be restored back to you, Father. No greater love than this. So help us, God, daily, Holy Spirit, to, to seek you. Mm. Knowing, God, your word says that if we seek you, we shall find you. If we seek you with our whole hearts. So may it be said of us this day, God, that we would be people, not with a divided heart, mm -hmm. but a whole heart for you, surrendered. faithfully serving you, being about our Father's business. That your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, we pray. And we thank you. Thank you for yet another time to gather, yes. to open up your word, Father, to, to hear from you, Lord Jesus, to, to allow the Holy Spirit to be the one who teaches, the one who guides, the one who counsels, the one who directs. Mm. In and of ourselves, we can't bring about, Father, what you called us to. It must be lived out in the Spirit. That's why your word says, why are you trying to attempt to live out in the flesh what you received in the Spirit? It can't be done. Yeah. So help us to remind ourselves that the old nature has been crucified to your cross. If we're truly in Christ... And we've been born again in this new nature. Born of the Spirit. United with Christ. So Father, we thank you for that, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Good morning. So application, sustained effort, hard work. From the root word apply. To give one's full attention to a task to work hard, and so we've been talking about this for nine months. How are we doing with that? And when I ask that question, it's not to burden you or to make you, quote-unquote, feel bad, but that's just the reality. I mean, we, we live in a fallen world. We live with the understanding, as Galatians tells us, that the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other. We live with the understanding, as we're studying through the book of Romans, that there is that old nature, that old nature that is the flesh that we are all born into. We're, that nature, that condition is, of, is from Adam, from the fall of man. That nature is in rebellion to the throne of God. But God... So loved us that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And here's the good news. Jesus himself says, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world. I came to save the world. I mean, think about that. And he goes on and says, because the world already stands condemned. And we have to grasp that. I mean, this is just the reality. And so many times, as, as, well, I mean, 
as I was praying through this week and kind of just praying for all of us and kind of thinking through application, I was like, oh God, we're in nine months now. Like I, I pray everyone's doing well or everyone's seen some little bit of maturity, if not some maturity, like something is stirred up within us to say, God, we want to be hungry for you. Like give us a hunger and a thirst, a greater hunger and a thirst for righteousness for your name's sake. But then I sit there and I say, but God, what, what's hindering, not just us here, but the church at large? <laughs> I believe so many times what hinders us from growing and maturing, from applying, sustained effort, hard work, <laughs> is that we keep, seeing, we keep looking at ourselves. We're not looking to Christ. I was thinking through scripture. And I was thinking how Paul had to con- continue to remind the churches, every letter. And, and I told you, if you've been around me long enough, it's, it's, it's all repeat. Because <laughs> that's the word. There's, I can't change and I can't add anything to it. But if you look at the word of God, especially the New Testament, especially from Acts on, <laughs> basically it's the same thing. To the church, all these different churches, grow up, grow up, mature, remember, remember who he is, who you are. I'm saying, and so when we, when we see, even as we're studying through the book of Romans, and we see even Paul's addressing this concept of, of the old nature of, I, I do what I don't want to do, and I do what I do, and I do, and I do, and I don't, I don't, and I do, and why do I do what I do, when I do, and I don't, I don't want to do? It's like, Paul, come on. But then people stop there and say, yes, Paul. Oh, I get it. Yes, it's a struggle. I'm there with you, Paul. And they think that's what Paul's doing, but Paul's not. Paul is actually exposing the old nature. How we live when we're trying to live this new life out in our flesh. Because it can't be done. And that's why if you continue to read through Romans 8, he finally says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Praise be to God, Jesus Christ. And so what hinders us, I believe, from really applying the truth of God's word is we do, we do what we don't want to do, but we do, 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 and we don't, and we do, and we don't, and we do, and we don't, and why do I keep doing what I don't want to do, yet I want to do, but I don't, and we're stuck in this cycle. And so then we look at the Christian life and says, I can't do it. And that's where a lot of people find themselves. I can't be like this, people. I, I can't do this. I can't do I'm, I'm always here. I'm always stumbling. I'm always over here. I'm back here. I'm back here. I feel like I've gained ground, but then I'm back 20 steps, and I don't even know where I'm at. And what we're doing is we're just focusing on us. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the stage where Paul finally says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me? Who will put an end to all of this chaos that is carrying on inside me? Because I don't feel like I'm measuring up. I'm not a good Christian. Maybe not all of this is real. Maybe all of this is what? And whatever we do, we start second guessing. Did God really say? Then we start trying to pick and choose what's easier for us to follow. Oh, I can do that. 
but in reality, it has nothing to do with us. If it had anything to do with us, Jesus wouldn't have come. And that's the hope, that's the good news. That's why we hopefully we're sharing with others. But we're having a hard time sharing with others because I don't think we're really sharing it with ourselves. Like, do, do we really grasp why Jesus came? Like, he didn't come to condemn you. You already stand condemned. Every single one of us, apart from Christ, we already stand condemned. That's just the nature. It's human nature. Look at the earth. It's chaos. Look what man in sin is doing to the earth. I mean, the Bible says even creation is crying out for the return of Christ. Because it's under the burden of what mankind has done. And the enemy perverts that and calls it global warming. Hmm. (laughs) No, it's sin. It's sin. It's, it's, It's everything about what mankind has tried to do. Since the fall, we want to be God. We want to be like God. But yet, but yet, Jesus comes because ultimately God's love. God's love. God is just. God is sovereign. God is holy. I'm telling you, like none of this made sense to me years ago. And even after I came to Christ, the full scope of it what didn't really make sense to me. But the more that I'm growing, I'm like, ah, oh, God, how incredible is this? How beautiful is this? How beautiful that even in, in my earlier walk with Christ, the grace that he gave me to make my mistakes, to do what I did, to, to, to whatever. But he didn't stop what he began in me. He kept drawing me closer, drawing me closer, because he knew the inclination of my flesh would be to go back, would be to think this, begin to do that, begin to twist this and to twist that. But if we would just keep pursuing, if we would just keep taking steps, if we would just keep learning, if we would just keep applying and not stopping, not stunting the growth because it's too hard. I always fail. I can't do it. There's too much expectation. Everyone's looking. What are they saying about me? (laughs) Whatever goes on in our brains. I remember one time I had this vivid memory. I was in a rough season in my Christian walk. (laughs) And back then, Lord, you couldn't keep me out of church. Every time the church doors were open, I was there. But I just fell into the season where I'm just like, God, I don't even feel like I... I belong where I fit in. Like, I don't even know what's happening. And I remember going to church, and I remember standing in the balcony, and I was just in worship. There was just this disconnect. And I'm like, God, I don't want to just be just to be. So I left. As I'm walking out of this little area where you can kind of sit, I remember just sitting. I just had my hands, my head in my hands, and it's like, oh, God. And all of a sudden, I felt this hand on me. And I looked up, and there's this young guy who, I, this kid, he was young. Back then, he was young. But God was using him. I mean, this guy could preach. 
this guy, this guy, God was using this kid. Just, ah! And he's always in the service. But I'll never forget that moment. I'm trying not to cry. But he said, he told me to come and tell you not to leave. But the expectation of you coming in, the guy doesn't even know. I never talked to the kid. Never talked to the kid. The expectation of basically if you coming is that you're supposed to do for God. But it's in these times that you find yourself in where you don't even know what to do for God. But that's right where he wants you. Because he wants to do for you. Oh, man. He's like, what? He's like, so come back into his presence. Don't feel like all the time you've got to do or feel whatever. This is, do you believe in him? Then let him do for you. I was like, wow, man. It's the only time I ever talked to a kid. <laughs> I was just like, wow. I remember going back in and I was like, oh wow, like the burden was off of me. I didn't have to go in there, I didn't have to perform, I didn't have to, you know, like, oh I gotta, I feel like everyone else, you know. Like, no, like God was taking me right where I was at, right where what I was going through. He knew exactly where everything was, and yet he was still bidding me to come. As he does with all of us. He knows where each of you are at. He knows where I'm at. And yet, remember, he stoops down. He gets right there in the muck and the mire of it all, and he says, child, look at me. Look at me. I got you. I got you. Follow me. I think we don't really grasp when the Bible says that. I mean, that's the call for every disciple, every, every child of God, like, follow me. Follow me. That's what he came to do. Again, you already stand condemned. He knows that. He knows that nature. But yet he stoops down and he says, here I am. And I've come for you. I've come for you. If you would just respond to this invitation and be born again, I'll give you everything you need to live out this life. And bring you into an eternity with me. Because this temporalness is not what I have meant for you. I go, wow. And that's what gets me up every day. To persevere. To apply. I'm not perfect. Nor are you. 
We're not perfected until we are with him. But until then, we are maturing. We are growing. Well, we have to realize we're behind enemy lines. I mean, for God's sakes, I taught on a year for that. We're behind enemy lines. You remember, the kingdom of God is just not a lot of talk. It's power. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't want myself, and I don't want any of us just to settle. So, it's just Christianity. Like, <laughs> and not have full all that he has for us. I said, I love it. When the scripture says, seek me. And I love this beautiful picture when he's knocking at the door. Answer. There's no need to turn from him. He already knows how filthy you are. (laughs) He already knows how rebellious you are. He already knows how deceptive and manipulating and broken you are. You can't hide from him. He knows. You can't escape his presence, no matter how you may want to shut off his voice. (laughs) You can't escape him. That's why at the end, when your last breath is taken, you're before him. But all that we would know him, and to be known by him, and then to go forth and to tell others. So application. Like we got to get our eyes of all our failures, of all our <laughs> sin, of all our expectation of where we think we should be or what they, well, um, expectations of what others may think of where you should be. You should be growing. Yes. That's, that's, that's the truth. If you're not growing, I keep telling you, then something is wrong. And then you really have to look at, and Lord, if you... If you, if you can listen to the podcast I posted today, oh, Jesus, so beautiful. Talks about the wedding and, 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 and you know, how that one man showed up at the feast. He's there, and the king comes in and is like, what are you doing here? You're not, you're not even dressed for it. <laughs> and somehow he thinks, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. In reality, he's not. <laughs> See, you have to come to a place where you're like, wait a minute. If I see no growth in my life, okay, well, no, wait a minute. Have I been born again? Because you just asking that prompts you to understand that that's God working in you. Yes. So you don't have to run from God or feel less than, or like, oh, you know. No, like, oh, God, because in and of yourself, you would never ask yourself that. <clears throat> That's God working in you. See, you don't have to, with salvation, you don't have to, am I saved today, am I not saved tomorrow, am I saved today, if I did this, am I last? You don't have to play that weird game. Like, no, you're firmly secured. If you're truly in Christ, if you've truly been born again of the Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit, you're sealed until the day of redemption. Well, that doesn't mean you can just keep living however you want. Do whatever you want. Living out in the flesh, continually just running amok. Making him so common. Grieving the Holy Spirit. Like, that wouldn't make sense. But again, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But what it does mean that you go, oh, now wait a minute. 
Now, I know the works of the flesh. Here I am again. I'm doing what I don't want to do. But I'm not going to get in that weird warp, you know, chapter 8 of Romans. I want to get to the end of it. Oh, wretched person that I am. Who's going to deliver me from this? Jesus Christ. So I need to take a step out of this and go, Christ, help me. I don't know how you're talking to yourself. So you should be applying truth to your life. Because the work that's being done in you is you giving yourself to Christ as the Holy Spirit now, as you've been born again of the Spirit. Now the Spirit's working in you to make you more Christ-like, to become His image bearer. And so we walk by the Spirit. We don't walk according to the flesh. And this is what we're learning. This is how we're growing. This is how we're supposed to be maturing. This is how we're applying. And so applying, giving one's full attention. One's full attention. Not just half, but full attention. And it's hard work. No one has ever told us that the Christian life is going to be a cakewalk. It's hard work. Because again... We're still encased in this, and we're still living in all of this. Although, praise be to God, our Savior is no longer in the tomb. He's resurrected. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. He has revealed Himself to us. He has called us out. Have we responded? And so as Christians, applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. If we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book, an impractical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, put into practice, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Again, nine months we've heard this. Put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So I'm not relying on my own to do things right. No, I'm, I am relying on Him. I'm seeking Scripture as the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. Like when I come across the Scripture that says He's given me everything I need to live a godly life. Oh, wow, wait a minute. So why then, in my mind, or in my heart, am I feeling like I'm lacking? Because I'm looking at myself. I need to look more to Christ. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, to direct me. Yes. Because when we apply the Bible, the God, God Himself will be with us. The degree to which we study. So what you put in to study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the Word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application. The degree. What you're putting in is what you're going to get out. If you're a Christian, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. All things are made new. And so don't be surprised when the old is still screaming from behind you or within you. You've got to learn to put it to death. 
You gotta learn to hate it. There's nothing good that comes from the flesh. It only knows death. And so that's why I try to encourage you, don't tolerate it. Because that's what the Bible tells us. Reckon yourself dead, but alive in Christ. So what does that mean? How do I apply that today? How do I go about this week applying that truth to my life without in and of my strength? Listen, I could do all the 12 steps. I can write down the 24 verses. I can quote them and chant them and pray them and personalize them. But if that's all in my strength, by the end of the week, guess where I'm going to be? Stumbled, broken, busted, and disgusted. Mm. <laughs> and then poor me. What a horrible Christian I am. I fell God. I let down Christ. <laughs> but man, I'm telling you, and that's... <laughs> uh, when you read the Bible and, and you see all through the, the New Testament, like the Spirit of God is inspiring Paul to write these letters and reminding them, do not get tangled up in rules and laws. If your application is just rules and laws and you're missing out for nine months what application is. This is freedom. This isn't rules and laws. That's not how Jesus wants us to live. This is a life that's been liberated. This is a life that's free. Not not to use our freedom to indulge in our desires and, and make it about us. No, it's such a level of freedom that it humbles us that you're like, I'm here to serve you. I'm not even thinking of myself any longer. That's the level that we're growing to. Like when your eyes are open, you're like, what? I went through that season of my Christian life where it was like rules and laws. It's exhausting. And then I would say, God, if that's what you saved me for, to live like this, this is, I don't even want it. God's like, well, I didn't call you to all that. Like, do you remember what it was like in the beginning, Rob? I was like, oh, yeah. I was free. And I didn't do anything before then to obtain that freedom. It was just freely given, and then it is provoked within me as I was born again to, to seek out the one who calls me his own. <clears throat> I love her in my soul. And I go, wow. So I'm just telling you, I'm just trying to encourage you as I've sat through this week and just thinking through, like, man, I do hope we're getting it. I do hope that for nine months you haven't heard, and you've exhausted yourself. Because that's where you end up when you do it in your own strength. But do you rely on Him daily? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to have full access to say, hey, ah, that needs to go. That attitude, that thought process, that desire, that insecurity, that brokenness. I don't know, I don't know. It came to me weeks ago, whenever I said it. I didn't read it anywhere. It's just in time of prayer. I was praying, then it came out of my mouth when I was standing here preaching a few weeks ago. 
Like everything that happened to you here, all that brokenness, all that hurt, whatever it is, all that pain, whatever it is, do you understand your new nature knows nothing of that? Let that sit there for a moment with you. And that's something I've grown into. From someone who took on a lot of trauma, you know, we all have our sad story. And I don't make light of it. But in Christ, it's, it's now about his story. <laughs> but I kept trying throughout these years in certain seasons of my Christian walk, I kept trying to take what was back here and put it here. And it doesn't fit. Your new nature doesn't know what to do with that. Because your new nature is what? In Christ. It's, it's of the spirit. It's not of the flesh. And yet we're trying to hold on. And we're trying to say, and we're trying to keep all of this back here, which ruled us, which controls us, which masters us, because it's sin. It enslaves us, and it drags us through life, ultimately to death. So why would I, then as a Christian, want to continue to remember all that over here? And I'm not saying it's going to be an overnight process. Like, I'm 25 years into this now. But could you imagine? I counsel people who's further along in Christ than I am, and they're still back here. That's why I always said when I hear people say, well, I'm trying. That's the problem. You're trying. Well, it can't be that easy. What? Have you read the word? I mean, it's what I'm trying to say to you. Like, it's not, it's not rules. It's not laws. It's freedom. Like, what kind of like I can just throw off the sin that so easily entangles me? But I don't have to wall around in shame and guilt and condemnation that I failed you again. No, no, I can just repent. I can throw off the scent and then you tell me to run the race. Can get up and run the race. But don't, don't I need to throw ashes on me? And don't I need to wall around and, oh, poor me, I feel horrible. No, 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 what? Just throw it off? Like, how can I do that? Like, get over yourself, right? Go of that. Follow me. I'm free. You see, Jesus is our example. So you have to know him. Have you studied him? Do you talk to him? Do you allow the Holy Spirit, truly if you're his, to work in you? To change your thoughts, your actions, your heart, your words, your deeds. Because your life now is not your own. So I'm telling you, it's the most liberating thing when I realize, but what about all this? And he says, all that I took there. I took it upon me. See, you're missing out if you haven't been here on Friday night. Ha! I'm missing out because I'm trying to really equip us this year with the tools. (laughs) 
to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work within us, to grow us and to mature us. Like when you truly, truly don't just keep your Christianity up here in the clouds or your take on any form of teaching or whatever. No, no. When you allow your roots to grow down and when you really understand justification, when you truly understand sanctification, when you truly understand, as we just studied on Friday night, glorification, my God, you're not going to settle for anything else. You'll look at everything else in your, this life and you'll be like, yeah, no. Again, you know, I, I mentioned these young people, these young guys, <laughs> and I was telling them, like, hey, you know, I'm like, no, I understand. And a lot of them are dealing with anxiety and different things. And so all of a sudden, when I started sharing about anxiety and panic and how it ruled my life and how I lived as a, as a Christian in deep depression for many years, Because I kept trying to take what was back here and put it what's here. And they don't mix. They don't mix. That's chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. I mean, it wasn't until, you know, these brothers came. They came prayer walking around my house, praying loud. And I get mad. And my, I'm in bed with the covers over my head. And finally I open the door and fall into their arms and they drag me into the house and begin to pray over me. <laughs> and in that moment, I was released, you know. The next day, though, I had to still deal with all that stuff that was <sighs> in my face. But you know how I dealt with it? How I was able to get up to a point where all that stuff almost had me to a place where I couldn't even leave my house. That's how severe it was. I would drive to work, I would get to, no one knew what was going on. So it wasn't like I was trying to, you know, look at me, look at my, you know. No, everyone, I, 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 I did what I had to do. But my drives home were horrible. That's why I used to live on the west side. It used to take me hours to get home. Because I would have to pull off the side of the road. My mind was a freaking mess. The level of deep just depression and anxiety and panic. Wow. So what did I do after that day where like, oh, freedom, liberty, oh, great, but the next day, Rob, you're by yourself. <laughs> well, then I realized, no, I'm not by myself. My God, you're with me. You just use those guys to remind me that you're with me. So stop looking at all of this. Stop feeling all of this. And just look to me, Rob. Oh, God. And so many times we want answers. But why, God? Why did I have to? But why did that person did this? And why? And God sits there. I mean, Jesus, you know. And you're just, oh, oh, oh. you know, how about you, you know, spin around. And he goes, but sin, that's why I come. What I have for you, he says, nothing. Whatever was done to you, whatever trauma, whatever hurt, insecurities, pain, loneliness, 
depression, whatever. All of that, I can take. Because I already took it. And in that, when I took it upon me, remember what I gave you. I gave you my righteousness. See, I took it from you. It was placed on me. And in that moment, when you received me, I laid upon you my righteousness, my wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. That's how you're to be living now. But not you can't understand this. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. That's why I have to go away so that he will come. The level of depth of healing that comes. You say, but... Okay, well, I do, if, if, I'm, if I'm facing this or facing that, okay, tell you what you do. Don't face it alone. <laughs> face it with Christ. Oh, but I've been facing it with Christ for six months. And keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Are you trusting him? Are you growing? Are you maturing? The level of freedom that comes you all. So again, you can't take the Christian life and make it rules and laws. I have to do this, I have to do that. Because if that's the mindset, you're really not gaining what Christ has for us. No, no. The level of freedom that comes to say, I don't have to live under the weight of all of that any longer. Like, my soul has been rebirthed. Like, I am liberated. What? Yes. And now my life is no longer about me. It's about Christ. I live for Christ. And as I'm living for Christ, then I have the understanding as the word is open to me, that, but I'm still behind enemy lines. I'm left in a world that hates me. Mm-hmm. I'm with people who would rather not be with him. They want nothing to do with him. But yet I'm so called to love them I'm still called to serve them. This is what Christ did. We don't have to shut ourselves away and hate them. Oh no. We take the position as Christ took. You see, this is why the church comes together. That's why we ought not to neglect the meeting together. It's such a beautiful word, together, the unity. It's not because man designed it. It's what Christ designed. Because he knows what each of us have to face until we're with him. Collectively, we come together to live it out. Iron sharpen iron to encourage the, each other. Keep running the race, keep running the race, keep running the race. To hold each other accountable, to call out sin, to say, "Hey, wait a minute! No, that that's not that, that, that can't work here," <laughs> and to truly enjoy this freedom that we have in Christ—it's liberating you all. I mean, it, it really is. When you think you've done nothing, I've done nothing to receive. I mean, He took everything upon Himself. And then in taking that, he then had to endure the wrath that we deserved. 
And now, as he's laid his righteousness on us, see, that's what I'm telling you, you'll get up different if you just start putting it into practice. If you start thinking and applying truth, you get up different, you'll go through your day differently. You'll begin to do things differently. That's why the, you know, the Bible says if you're a liar, stop lying, start telling the truth. If you're a thief, Stop stealing. Work hard and then give away your money. It's like a, it's opposite day. It doesn't feel right because we're still behind. We're still cased within. But be of good cheer, okay? Not a fake, giddy, weird, you know, Christianese giddiness. Like just genuine, like, yeah. Be a good I know this in this world I'm going to have trials and tribulations. I'm not looking for them, God. I'm not seeking them out. <laughs> They're just going to come on me. But it's okay. Work within me whatever needs to be worked within me that I may continue to grow and mature through this. I mean, Christ, you all. The level of freedom that comes when you... When you go, like, God, your righteousness has been laid upon me. You know what that means, you all? Right standing with God. Yes. Not because of anything you've done. Like, see, when God, the Father, looks, he doesn't go, look at that child of wrath. No. He says, look, the one that's been redeemed due to my son and my son's righteousness. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Like you're no longer, you're no longer, if you're truly in Christ, you're no longer a child of wrath. You don't, you, it's not coming towards you any longer because you've been swallowed up and you're a child of love. I mean, I don't know about you, but and this is what the this is what this is the message the world hates. And that shows you the level of, of spiritual warfare. I mean, this is what Jesus, he was on, this is what he came to do. And they hated him. The religious people hated him. The world hated him. The government hated him. And he just came. Knowing good and well how he would be mistreated. I mean, even Judas. I was thinking about Judas this week. I said, Lord Judas, he walked with you, he talked with you, he served with you, and you sent him out among the two by two to do signs and wonders. You gave him the authority over things. And yet, all along, all along, he wanted nothing to do with that was so easy at the end for Jesus to dip the bread because he already knew Judas's heart even for Judas's place in his mama's womb that Judas was not coming to Christ but yet he was around Christ he experienced Christ he knew Christ he left everything for Christ 
Go do what you have to do and do it quickly. That's what Jesus tells him. Judas gets up and then it says Satan enters him. And we want to play church. Y'all just want me to get up here and, you know, give you a, you know, your best life now message today. This is what we're dealing with. It's a spiritual walk. Oh, how I pray that each of us are found in Christ. Oh, how I pray that you can take upon the truth and just get through the day. Yet though I am still left here, I thank you, Jesus, that you prayed that I would be protected by the name in which you have been given. I thank you that your word says that I'm to humble myself to God. Humble yourself before God. And then resist the enemy and he has to flee. Why we're still wrestling with the enemy, I don't understand. I do because we're not first submitting to God. That's what I keep trying to say to you all. I'm not impressed with people and their weird false religions. Like the poor women that came knocking on my door yesterday. We're not serving the same God. Well, you know why we do what we do. Yes, I understand you do what we do, but we can't talk because we don't serve the same God. I appreciate what you're doing. I didn't have to holler at them. I didn't yell. I didn't slam the door. I took a little material. I said, you know, as I closed the door, I said, Lord, I wish more Christians were as faithful as they are. I'm saying you're serving a lesser power. But when your eyes are open that you are a Christian and God himself has purposed you, predestined you, ordained you, like your whole image begins to change. I mean, you can still look at yourself and beat yourself up. Do your sats. Okay, fine. But you realize when you do that, you're mocking the one who says, no, you're mine. Like, I knew you. So you keep making about your mom and your daddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I knew you. I formed you. I created you. I've prepared good works for you to do. Would you let all those people go? Forgive them. What? Forgive them. Wow, <laughs> Forgive them, because I forgave you. You think what they did to you is any worse than what you've done to me? Oh, Lord Jesus. Forgive them. Doesn't mean you, you tolerate abuse, so don't get that weird warped, you know, some people that just stay in abuse. No, no. Because once you forgive, you begin your, your whole life changes. When you realize, first and foremost, you're forgiven, oh, you're free to give it out to others. And then you're free to set up boundaries. And you're free to draw the line and say, ha, no. Uh-oh, you're not crossing it anymore. It's just what you live. It's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like, you know, look around like, ah, yeah, no. I wish I would I had this 
where I'm at today in my Christian wall, back here in my Christian wall, but it wasn't meant for me to have it here because I, did, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Because here I had to still work out all the that I kept trying to bring into it. That's why Paul tells the people, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You're following a different gospel. You stop believing in the one that you received. Why are you trying to live out in the flesh what you received in the spirit? You got all tangled back up in the rules and the laws. And you ditched freedom. How does that work? Well, it's very easy. And we go, oh, yeah, Paul, get them, get them. But we're no different. Check yourself as you go this week. See where you end up on Friday. I pray, I pray you're still at a level of freedom that a greater level of freedom than maybe what you have today. See, that's what it is. You're just growing in it. You're just growing in it. And the more I'm growing and the more I'm seeing, I'm like, hmm, yeah. Things that used to, you know, even about church, even about people, even about things, things that used to be like, ugh, ugh, and, and drive discouragement. I'm like, oh, God. Now I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I can't do it for them. I'll pray. They're yours. I'll shepherd them when they're around. <laughs> but when they run them up, God, you're the one that has to go after the one. <laughs> and I go, and then when I hear like how many pastors are quitting and retiring or, or giving up and churches are closing and all this stuff, I said, Lord, it's exhausting. It ought not be. Because there always is a remnant of people. Yeah. See, I just want it to be Jesus, you all. I've got nothing else to really teach you. Jesus. His word. We come in. It's an organic setting. People can come in from all walks of life. Sit. Hear. I pray they respond. But if they don't, I've done what I've been called to do. I've them. I say, yeah, okay, Lord. If they show up, they do. If they don't, they don't. And whatever. Oh, oh I'm in it today, but I'm not in it tomorrow. Oh, I got all this and that. And it's like, oh, it's like a roller coaster. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be on that ride. Not going to stay on it. I'll just stay on the sidelines. Over here, if you ever need anything. Just hanging out with Jesus. That's all we have. Why more people aren't seeing it? Because I think we're not seeing it. And that's what I'm praying for us. And again, not just for us, but the church at large. What we've turned it into be. And then, as I keep telling us, I am going to get beyond application, Lorenzo. Where's the slide? It'll be funny, it'll be funny. We got down to the... But, you know, I... Oh, Lord. 
that's a treasure that we should hold. I mean, even in the word it tells us, you know, like we should just like, ah, oh, it's a value, it's a worth that nothing in this world can compare. That's why we're like, ah. Oh. And again, doesn't mean you live in this state of euphoria. Euphoria? Euphoria. Like that weird Christianese type. No, it's not about, that's not what we're trying to achieve. It's just living life. And then others see Christ in us and through us. Like, what's different about you? You used to do this. You used to do that. You used to talk. You used to blah, blah, blah. So what's different? Oh, it's not what. Let me tell you who's who. I belong to now. Amen. See, in the natural mind doesn't make no sense because they're still blind. But just keep living it out. Just keep living it out. Take steps to growth, you all, to maturity. If you're truly a Christian, and then again, I, if you're not, then take that, let the Holy Spirit bring conviction and settle within you like, I've been born again. What does this mean? What does this mean? Because again, I mean, when we think of where the where where we're at, and I keep telling us back to my point I was trying to get to. I keep telling us not to be this weird conspiracy theorist or this weird person. But it's just reality. I mean, even non-Christians who are spiritual are seeing it. Like we live in, like, you realize that it, life is different. The earth is different. For the past four years, everything has shifted and changed. It's different. Oh, the 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 sweet kumbaya life we thought we had. Oh, God. It's different. I mean, world leaders are, are openly telling us what they want to do to us. They're telling you. They're not hiding their plans. They're telling us. And we're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> just go along. We're just running them up. We're just going through the motions. The level of deception that's rising on this earth. I've warned us over the years. You see that right behind it, the the level of the occult, all the false religions rising up. Perversion right behind it, rising up. (laughs) Chaos, turmoil, murder, and strife, lawlessness, rising up. And this is the day in which you were purposed. I tried to encourage this over the past couple of weeks. You were purposed. You should get up on purpose because you were purposed. <laughs> For Christ. See, we can wall around and be scared, but like, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Or we can be Christians and go, oh, what? <laughs> and you, you purposed me for this? Yes, Lord. Not of me. Not of anything of me. God, I don't want nothing pointing to me, but 
Christ, if you have called me to serve you in this, come on, Holy Spirit, I need more. Ooh, I'm not getting up today thinking I'm going to do it on myself. Like, I don't know what you're doing when you're getting up. How you're going through your day. How you're thinking upon Christ and how you're looking at the urgency of the hour. I need to live for Christ. I'm tired. Nope, nope, nope. I, I, I'm sealed until the day of redemption. I need to, I need to gear up, dress up, show up. I need to take ground as I'm walking in wherever I'm going I need to stop giving myself over to this and to that no I am I belong to Christ I don't care what the people say about me I don't care about this I don't I care about Christ I need to be on purpose today because at any moment the earth can shift just hundreds thousand people just wipe off the face of the earth in Morocco At any moment. Crazy things. Any moment. Anything could happen. But don't be afraid. Plan. Be wise. Be as innocent as a dove and wise as a serpent. You know, I had to I just had to go through the past six months to a year thinking, oh wow, God. <laughs> and it was really heavy on me. Like it was really burdening me, like, oh God. I, mean, I could lose my job. I could be. They can let me go because because of the beliefs are changing. And oh God, what am I going to do? Because I'm, I can't go get a secular job. Or oh God, what am I going to do? Gonna, oh, I got to do this. Got to plan this. Got to do that. And finally, I, I, I was exhausting myself. Like oh God. And finally, the freedom came to me. I said, oh, I already know what I'm doing. What have I done over this past year? Running them up. I'm going to serve Jesus. Take my job. Take my car. Take my house. Take everything from me. I'll be on the streets. I'll probably come to your house to shower. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, what? what? Oh, devil. You see, that's what I'm saying. You see the level of attack that it, it, it amps up. So you just kind of go, oh. I mean, my testimony alone can put me in prison, in jail. Your testimony alone, just talking about Christ, you could lose your job. I mean, you understand what's coming. And again, it's not to, but this is just the reality. It's rising up. And guess what he tells us? In the last day, the love of many is going to grow cold. I mean, he begins to tell you what the earth is going to look like. And then Maritza, he says this to us. Jesus and you purposed me for this oh I gotta keep my eyes on you there's work to be done saying again don't know what you're doing like he tells us and he goes but but that's only birth pains do you love Jesus I mean come on I'm not being surprised I'm like what Oh, draw close to Jesus. Abide in Him. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. And this weird Christianity that's peddled out there, this weird Christianity that people believe that they're dressed 
They got the old lamps filled. And they're going to be the ones crying. When Jesus is like, I don't know you. You snuck in. Thought you were prepared. Didn't you do everything? Well, I showed up when I could. And Jesus is like, I don't know you. And you say, well, that's a bad Jesus. No, no, no. Bad you. Jesus already came. Now when he returns, oh no. Boom. Gathers up those who belong to him. Victory. It's like soon coming king. Conquering. Have you seen his description in Revelation? I'm not afraid. Don't be afraid. Yes, Lord. Come for me. I want to be discerning in these times. I said, Lord. I told Carrie the other day, I said, Lord. Maybe Brittany and Gilda will remember this. I used to tell them all the time. Back in the days. Back, 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 back in the days. I said, I think I'm just going to have to just, just travel the states. Just walk. That's all I'm going to do is walk. Tell people about Jesus. Hit every capital. Just go just tell people about Jesus. I said, well, Lord, maybe that's where you get me to. Give him a little bag. Or maybe he says, take nothing with you, Rob. Just walk. I don't know. I'm just saying. Wherever he has you, whatever he's calling you to, understand this. He's first. Like, there's no denying him. Oh, but if I say this, if I do that, if I don't go along with this, if I don't add all these little pronouns, if I, if I just embrace all of this, because really, what's it going to hurt? Is he not loving them to, to embrace all of this? Oh, see, we gotta, you got to use wisdom, you all. You never do anything that discredits Christ or makes a mockery of him. Never. Never. So in the days ahead, the years to come, don't know the time, don't know the day or the hour, but remember, the true bride, she's being pushed out. The world is setting up. I keep telling you this because the Word of God tells us the stage for the Antichrist, he has to come. That's what they're preparing for. In fact, the world leaders are crying out for him. You said, Rob, come on. Well, did you hear the president of Brazil this week? Or last week? Well, he's crying out for the leader. That one leader of the world that would come. Oh! Listen. And again, the church is supposed to be quaking. She's like, okay. No, we're preparing. Got our lamps filled. We're all dressed. We're ready. We're being about his business, preparing. He's coming. That he would find us faithful, not whoring around with everything and anything else out there. 
Because his bride is not schizophrenic. She's to be without spot and blemish. So unless you think you can continue just to yoke yourself and lay down with anything and everyone and whatever. I'll give in to this, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. Some of y'all better think, God, if you came today and I was here, or if I was doing this, or I was thinking this, what? Not how you should be living. It doesn't mean you're not going to stumble, it doesn't mean that things aren't going to happen, but you just don't feel good in it. No, you don't just feel good. You start going, oh, this doesn't feel right any longer. This doesn't taste right any longer. This doesn't, nope, nope, no, it just, it's, ah, I hate it. Because he hates it. Because he hates it. Some of us are just taller than crazy stuff in our lives. And then we're blaming others. And I keep telling you, it's not others. It's you. It's you. Well, they would just, you just. Why don't you just, and then see what happens? Why don't you just take the step forward and then see what happens? Well, if they went, no, why don't you just shut up and see what happens? Why don't you stop your complaining, your gossiping, your backbiting, your murmuring, your poor, pathetic life? Just stop it. Take a step forward and see what will happen. Because maybe you'll take another step forward. And then another step forward. Before you know it, you're like, what? Jesus, yeah. What do I want that settling? No, I just want Christ. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. I mean, this is how we're supposed to be living. And yet then I'm being told by pastors and people and everything, well, you know, Rob, you kind of took it to the extreme, brother. You know, God's okay. Are you crazy? What kind of sickness is this? Not only is he not okay with that, but he wasn't okay with, he's not okay with anything about my old nature. See, it's just not about the LGBT side of it all. It's about the very depths of who I was. I was a sinner. I was in rebellion towards him. <coughs> as far as what I can see in Scripture, as the Spirit of God is revealing it, yeah. is I'm a new creation. And that's how I'm to be growing. I'm <coughs> defined by all of that. So, ah, stop putting it on me. Stop putting it on me. And some of you all got to get to a place where you just start telling yourself and others, stop putting it on me. I'm not wearing it anymore. It doesn't fit. may have felt good in the moment, but it doesn't fit. It's not who I am any longer. It's who I was. I once was, but now I am. I once was a slave to sin, but now I'm a slave to righteousness. I don't know how you're talking, but application implies action. 
And obedient action is the final step in causing God's word to come to life in our lives. The application of scripture enforces and further enlightens our study and also serves to sharpen our discernment, discernment, helping us better distinguish between good and evil. Oh, how have you been doing? Discerning it. Because you all not be going the way of evil. Well, it's not that bad. I don't fully worship. Just, just get in just enough to ooh, feel it. All right. <laughs> Did God really say, oh, yeah. Like I challenge you. Don't listen to man. Open up his word. It's your mirror. Well, no, I don't believe all of it. Well, then I have a problem then. Hmm. I have a problem then with your form of religion, calling yourself a Christian. You're making a mockery. Well, no, you can't judge me. No, yes, I can. (laughs) Because you're claiming to be part of the church. I don't judge the outside. Oh, but we are to judge the inside. Well, I'll go somewhere else. Well, then go. (laughs) Let that pastoral staff deal with you. Don't mind me. Oh, that's harsh, Rob. No, no, it's not. Because if you remain, you're going to start tripping up everyone else. See, there's a way we're called to live. It's the arm of Christ because we're to be the people of God, doing the will of God for the glory of God. Here we go, James 1. All right, I didn't get to everything, but that's all right. James 1. Verse 22 through 25. Scriptures I'm going to give you in hopes to encourage you in application. James 1, verse 22 through 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you, oh God, free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Or do you hear that? And then, then when you hear that, what do you do with that during the week? God, I pray you're going back through the notes, at least going through the scriptures. Well, you're like, well, I've heard them for nine months. Well, but what have you done with it? <laughs> like, how do you apply that? If I went around and just started asking people, okay, here, tell me how you practically put this. Could you answer? Because you ought to. Again, it's not to, oh, poor me, always beat me down, always make me feel like I'm not living. Blech. But that's just the reality. Maybe I'll do that one Sunday. Well, I'll say that, then, then definitely no one will be here. <laughs> but, I just went around asking people, so, how did you, what does that look like practically for your life? You should be able to answer it. And if you don't, then you should be hungering to say, how do I apply this? Asking the Holy Spirit. Asking another Christian that you can trust. 
asking myself, asking people to come alongside you. Like, what is this? What does this mean? What is all that? Man, you can't just be a hearer. You have to be a doer. You can't intently look into this and then close it and then go shucking and driving. Acting a fool, acting like you, you know, you haven't been born again. But I'm a Christian. Huh? What? How does that work? But yet we're seeing that and we're going to continue to see that level of Christian. And I say it loosely, because they're not Christians. It's a form. I mean the Bible. I keep telling you, read the Bible. The Bible tells you. It doesn't tell us to stay away from the lost. It tells you to stay away from people who call themselves Christians and deny the power for him to transform their lives. In fact, it tells you don't even eat with a brother or sister that has an anger problem. What? Oh, no, come on. We don't have to take everything so serious. What parts do you take serious? I mean, then what part? Do we want to take serious? Because we're called, it's the whole council. So we just can't be here, so we have to be doers. Go to 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Oh, work hard. Who? You. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. That's for you, Christian. It's for you sitting here today, listening later on the podcast. That's for you. Work hard. Work hard. Not for your salvation. Remember, works come because you're saved. You're not working to be saved. Christ saved you if you believe. If you've truly been born again, you're saved, you're liberated, you're free. So now what do I do with it? Work hard. Present yourself to God and receive his approval. Wouldn't it be horrible? Oh, I'm born again. I'm Jesus. I, I, I love Jesus. I give my life to Jesus. I'm spirit-filled. I'm going to heaven. And yet... And yet, you have no problem whoring around. You have no problem having all the trash and the junk of this world all over you, stained and corrupted. And you think Jesus is going to be like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Well, look what you've done. Look what you've done with what I've done for you. I mean, this is what we're peddling out there. And people are dying and going to hell. You realize how many people are going to die. You realize one of us could die today. I mean, death is right there. And we're all giddy. Ah. I'm like, what are we peddling out there? Well, you know, I'm a Christian. No, no, no. And you're going to feel comfortable standing before Christ with all of that. Well, I'm not going to be perfect. Remember, I'm not going to be perfect until I'm with him. So he understands. Like, you hear what you're saying? Like, I, I'm not sure we're getting it. 
I'm not sure we're getting it. Some of us are so spiritual <laughs> that we're still blinded by Satan. That's why Jesus can look at them and say, your father's the devil. And you make people twice as much the son of hell as you. Oh, that's bad, Jesus. You're bad, Jesus. No, that's just the reality. It's just the reality. And I'm telling you, some of us, we're Christians, we're Christians. Ha ha ha. And do you realize how many people are looking at your life and you're a stumbling block to them? They'll never come to Christ because of you. But I'm a Christian. Who? What? Where? When? Do you realize what people are seeing? I'm a Christian. Okay. Okay. But you realize what Jesus says about people who are stumbling blocks that call themselves Christians. <laughs> oh, you make it so hard. You make it so hard. No one can enter in. Ah. Jesus liberates us. Jesus frees us. We live totally different life to the full. It's a thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in abundance. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I'm serving Christ. I'm loving Christ. I'm growing. I'm maturing. I'm saved, and because I'm saved, works comes forth. Because I just want to please my God. I'm not striving to please God for, for, for Him to save me. No, I just want Him to be able to look at me and say, with all that He has done for me, all that He gave me, to hear Him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. Yeah. And there's still things in my life that still needs to be whatever. But I'm not tainted. <laughs> And I'm not darkened. And I'm not just soaking it all up. No, my, my progression is moving forward. That's where yours should be. That's where all of ours should be. It's liberating, you all. It's liberating. It's freeing. Yeah. Like he's, a res he's resurrected. He's alive. He's victorious. So why am I living like he's still in that tomb? Are you still that baby crying in the manger? Come, baby Jesus, come. What baby Jesus is going to do for you? He already came. We saw him on the cross. What's he going to do for you still on the cross? What's he going to do for you if you were still buried in that tomb? Nothing. But that tomb is empty. Amen. Resurrected. Victorious. I want to take him at his word. I want to take everything that he says. I want to believe. Because I couldn't make this stuff up. To allow it to impact my life the way it has. And not just my life, but lives of many other thousands, millions, billions of people throughout the centuries. I mean, for goodness sakes, people are having dreams of Jesus and they waking up in these closed countries knowing good and well when they go out and talk about that dream. 
they lose everything. But they fall out of their bed. I mean, read these testimonies. I'm like, God, yes. I have these dreams of Jesus and they fall out. These imams, these, these leaders of these communities and they fall out of their bed and they renounce, they repent, they accept Jesus and they get up and they can't go back and, and teach what they were doing. No, I had a vision of the Messiah, Jesus. And they're being slaughtered. And we're just going to get to church when we can. I'll get up today. I'm just going to go through the day because I'm a Christian today. Nah. Nah. You can live that way. That's your choice. But oof. Oof. Do you understand who you ultimately have to give an account to? Jesus, you all. Ah. Matthew 5. Lord. Not enough time. There's not enough time. You say, why are we going to Matthew 5? Because oh, I've been in it all week. Oh my goodness, have you been there? The Sermon on the Mount. It's the last time you've gone and heard Jesus' words. <laughs> so we're going to spend some time. And you say, well, Lord, just keep adding to our time. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we're going to get us out of here. We're going to start looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5 through chapter 7. I still got the new identities. Your, your Christ-like identities I'm giving you all now. I started two weeks ago. We're still looking at prophecies. And we still have to walk walking through scriptures. So we may not get to walking through those scriptures. We may, we may not even get to the prophecies today. But we're going to get through the little portion of the Sermon on the Mount that I want us to hear. Because I've just been sitting in it going, ah, it's so beautiful, Lord. <laughs> so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, the Sermon on the Mount, and then we're going to go right into verses 13 through 16, where Jesus is teaching about salt and light. Perk up, perk up, listen to the words. If you call yourself a Christian, if you're not a Christian, oh, still perk up, <laughs> because these are Jesus' words, and, and he wants you to hear them. And notice that you respond. And if you are a Christian, oh, he still wants you to hear them and respond. Because they're life-giving words. Just Jesus' words. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. And if you've never been taught, like I'm just going to keep it up here, but if you really want to get deep, we, we have Zoom, I can connect with you, Zoom doesn't mean you have to get here, but ooh, we ought to go th- connect with me and let's talk through the depths and the richness of these Beatitudes. <laughs> he begins to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And I would challenge you, take this this week and just sit with this. And don't rush through it. Speak it out loud. Slow down with it. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. 
God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who hearts, whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you. And say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. So Jesus is worth you all. He's preparing them. And as he's prepared them, he's preparing us. And all other Christians that come out after us in the generations until he returns. And so God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. But he doesn't stop there. Be happy about it. That's what what it says. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. Could you understand if you really grasped this and it became to the very depths of your being of who you are now? And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost It's flavor. Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. But yet that's where a lot of Christians are living. Because we're Christians and it's okay. But Jesus' word says... No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, come on, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise you. Oh, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Him. Our lives are pointing people to Jesus. This is the beauty. And He sits down with them. He's teaching And why have we made him this weird hippie, hugs and muffin, weird guy? I don't know. It's not the God who saved me. not the God who who, who put songs in me that I didn't even know, that that just words just came out from, and just loving on it. Ah! But you can't make it up, what he does for each of our lives. You say, well, I don't have that experience. Don't look for my experience. Have your own. He longs 
for you. Have you thought about that this week? Like he longs for you. And in that, as he has revealed himself to you, when you give your life to him, when you are born again of the Spirit, your nature now longs for him. And no greater love than that, you all. Yeah, we can have love on this side. Okay, nice. Oh, but it cannot compare to the love of Christ. Now, come on, you all. Come on. You've got to fan that flame. You've got to recognize the hour in which we're in. You've got to throw off it all. You just got to throw it off and say, no, I'm pursuing him. I don't know what it's going to look like tomorrow, but I'm pursuing him. God... I don't want to hide the light. Well, first of all, again, uh, you can't have all of this if you're not in Christ. So you've got to get that settled. And, and if it's settled within you, no, I'm a Christian. I am saved. I've been redeemed. I've been born again. I want to walk it out now. I have the Holy Spirit. I need to, I want to live now. I'm not, I'm not sure what steps I want to take, but God, I'm trusting in you. You've begun this work in me. You are faithful to complete it. God, you purposed me for today. I want to walk upright. I, want, I don't want to keep bending left and right. I want to walk upright amongst the wicked and perverse generation. I want the ground in which my feet tread upon be given unto me for the glory of God. Not to point to me, but to point others to Jesus. I want to be ruled by chaos and, and torment of my mind and in my heart. Because no, God, Jesus, you said... You've come to give me peace. And that peace, that lasting peace, peace, nothing missing, nothing broken. Why will I continue to live a life marred by brokenness? I could choose that, Lord, but I'm not going to. And I know when I wake up tomorrow, all of that is still there. But God, I know you're with me. And if I just give you one layer, give me the strength to give it all to you. And you just walk it out, y'all. Just walk it out, walk it out, walk it out, walk it out. Be a Christian. Be one who has been born again, redeemed, in fellowship with God Almighty. You realize all through the all through the Old Testament too. But even the New. Like God tells you, God, He tells you there's these other gods out there. Little G's. That's why He tells His people. No, no, no. Ah, don't you dare worship like they are. They worship them little gods. You know, people used to come to the Israelites. You know, in fact, we're not going to get to it today because I can't wait till next week to get to it. But, you know, they come and they, and they go, Look what your God is doing for you. Splendid. Splendid. Such a great, marvelous God. And then they leave not accepting Him. God, this fascinates me. And we see it all through the New Testament. People who hold the form of religion, serving that little G,
We see how they treated Christ. We see how they treated his disciples. We see how they treated Paul. People being loose, freed, and delivered, and the town folks upset. Because they served the little G. Listen, this is a spiritual war. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. We're wrestling with rulers and principalities that err in the darkness. There's little G's posted all around. And you just want to get up. I'm Christian. And not have your spiritual eyes open and say, oh, not today, Satan. Not today, not in this neighborhood. Not in this community. Not in this workplace. No, you just serve the little G's when you go into work. Letting them shackle you and bind you just to get through your day. So you can curse it when you're on your way home. What kind of nonsense? Trust me, I know what it's like. But when I find myself in that position, I go, what am I I doing? I see you. (laughs) And now let me remind you of the great God, the big G. And all that he's done. So you don't have to beat yourself up that you got yourself through. No, you just get up. Get up. Fight the good fight. Get up. Fight the good fight. Take thoughts captive. Bring them into the obedience of his lordship. Get out there and win the war. Because it's already won. Stop living like you're living defeated. You realize the month of October is upon us. And you realize what the occult is doing this month? They're fasting for 31 days. They're going to be in trances. Those who are at that level within their little G worship. Fasting. Trances. 15, 30 days. Like Like a zombie. Like a shell. Like, hey, you there? Nothing. You can't even disturb them. There's a tribe that when they do this, scientists have even gone to study. They go to the depths of the ocean. They're so in depth in demonic possession that they can abide underwater longer than most human beings can. And we just want to play church. We just want to, ah, ah. and you call for prayer for the church. You call for fasting. You call for warfare. And you're lucky you get one or two. It's all here. It's all here, you all. I can't make it up. There's a way in which we're called to live. So we which we're called to live. And so I'm just going to end today with ah, your identities in Christ. We're not going to get to prophecies into the last scriptures. But I started this concept, this understanding, because before this, we were talking about Christ. We, we, we were looking and we were understanding the character of God. And as I'd encourage you, you can't claim these identities which you're going to hear about and which the ones you have heard about over the past two weeks, 
You can't claim them if you're not in Him. These truths can only be evident within one who is really within Christ. And I keep telling you, there's a lot of people out there trying to live out the kingdom, but they don't have the king. And there's a lot of people who are out there giving them the kingdom. Well, just, you know, God wants to bless you. God wants to make your life better. God, you know, yeah. Woo, he's your cheerleader. And we offer him all, the, we're offering them all the kingdom stuff, the kingdom life. No, if you just pray, no, you know, yeah, you know, Jesus, oh, oh. And, and we do this weird thing. And then, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> and they don't have the king. They don't have the king. They just have a concept of his kingdom. Oh my God. You understand? Like we can't do that. Like they need to understand. That's why I tell you, you cannot truly understand the depths of his love until you truly understand the depth of your rebellion. Yeah. Until you truly understand that you're an enemy of Christ. You're the enemy of the throne of God. You were born into that nature. You can't blame anyone. That's just you were born into that nature. But God understands that, so he sent forth the second Adam, as Jesus is described. The first Adam births flesh. The second Adam, Christ, Jesus, he births spirit. Um, we can keep it all down here if you want. But that's... When Paul looks at the church and says, we had to continue to lay the elementary foundation of our faith over and over and over and over again. By now, you ought to be teachers. By now, you ought to be laying hands on people. By now, you ought to be. But now we got to go all the way back to the beginning. Like, after a while. See, what I'm hoping for is that to us to really get inspired by the Holy Spirit, like grasp on to what he's speaking to us. This isn't, I, I didn't come up, oh, let's just talk about application for 12 months. No, no, when I was seeking and praying last year for all of us, that's what kept coming to me, grow up. We need, all of you, you need to grow up, you need to mature, you need to apply truth. Enough of just sitting around, enough of just in and out, ups and down, left and right, all over. Get grounded for what's coming. So application, 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 application. Told Carrie, he's already speaking to me about next year. I said, Lord, it's only September. Like, come on. Like, we need to grow, you all. We need to mature. Not like it used to be. I'm telling you. The word. I don't even have to tell you. Just look. Turn on the news. Look around the earth. I mean, everyone's freaking out because you can have that soup. Potentially, you can have that huge storms come together, create the most godforsaken storm that's ever been on the face of the earth next week or this week. Ramming into the East Coast. Oh, I go, Jesus, yes, Lord, what on, what times are we living? And we just want to drag ourselves through our days. My poor life. 
Okay. Okay, that's where you want to stay focused. <laughs> but I hope I'm encouraging you to look up. And say, yep, yeah, no. Been there, done that. I don't want it anymore. I don't know what my life's going to end up looking like, but I know one thing, it'll be for the glory of God. Amen. It'll be for the glory of God. Yeah. I'm secured, I'm sealed. I'm in Christ. I have the Holy Spirit of God in me. Resurrected life. Oh, yeah. I'm confident, not in my own self and my own walk, but I'm confident in Him. So I can go forth and tell others about Him. I can have conversations. You really want to serve the lesser God? That's a little G. You really just want to live out of your desires. Like when I think about the trans, and I'm going to close you all, but when I think about the trans movement, my heart breaks for them. Because back in my days, I hung out with the trans people. You know, I lived with them. They lived with me. We were roommates. I, I saw their hurt, their desperation. So I don't, I, 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 how my heart breaks for them. But to understand the level of, of, of lies and deceit that they were willing to mutilate their bodies to conform to their image of what they have of themselves. But the very essence of who they are, they can never change. They're still male. They're still female. All you've done is just mutilated your body. And they don't talk on the flip side, you all. Or they make it like it glamorous. And they're presenting it to the youth like it's glamorous. But you don't hear the flip side of it. You know how many friends I've had that after they've had transitional surgeries, kill themselves? Uh, they don't talk about the level of depression and suicide and chaos and torment and the, and the pain, physical pain that they endure. They don't tell you what happens after that. And this is what we're allowing kids to choose. We're pumping kids. We're chopping up kids. We're mutilating kids. And you all just went, we're all just sitting back, waving the flags. Oh, God, yeah, that's great. Uh, what are we doing? I don't hate the movement. I don't hate LGBT. I, I don't hate drunkards. I don't hate, you know, murderers. I don't hate, my God, my heart breaks for people. Oh, my God. That's where your prayer life is birthed. We were years ago praying, God, I just want to see people as you see them. I don't want them, I don't want to, I don't look at them from my eyes because I can judge quickly. I can make all types of assumptions, Maritza. Me too. You know? All right. <laughs> don't get us together. But when I started praying, God, let me see them through your eyes. Let me love them because I'm not above Him not to love them. It doesn't mean I make excuses or I just go along with them. But no, God, I, I may be the only voice of, of reason to them. That I'm not coming at them to fight them. But here's a different way. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know Jesus? And that's where all walks of life. 
and meet Jesus. So these identities I give to you as a child of God to encourage you. To fan the flame within you to remind yourself who you are in Christ. All that he's accomplished for you. I've got three new ones for you today. Oh, you're a new creation. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. <laughs> Woo! I said, Paul, you preached past, way past midnight. Man, some man fell off, died out the window. I drug him in there, brought him back to life, and kept preaching. I said, all right, well, hold on, Shay, hold on. But I'm not going to keep you here to midnight, Shay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. But man, I could because there's so much. Like, I just, I'm hungry for people to be hungry with. That's what I'm praying for. You know, that's, lately, that's what I've been praying for. God, I love everyone. I do. Oh, God. But God, I, I need people. I need people that's hungry. Like, we got to get around some people who's hungry. I'm not talking about food. I'm talking about, like, I just can't get, oh. I got this one more. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are a new creation. This is your identity if you are in Christ. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, hello, get ready, a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What does that mean for you this week? Child of God. I'm a Christian. What does that mean? How's that going to impact your life as you go through going through some really rough times over the past month. And trust me, it could be easy for me to get up and just be like, ah. I was in a meeting the other day with Maritza. I was talking to you today. I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, she's going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there and I was listening. I was listening to all this stuff. And I was like, oh, right there. And I literally grabbed the table and I went to stand up. Just like this. Oh, oh. I sat back down and said, oh, Lord. And my, I wasn't moving my lips, but in my head, I'm like, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, you good Lord, you're going to have to help me because, Lord, if, you, if, it, if it's time, then okay, it's time. But if it's not, Lord, please, I don't, don't let this be my flesh. Lord, I just want to serve you. I just want to serve you. I just want to love you. I just want to serve them. Okay, God. And finally, are you okay, Rob? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you. I had to choose right then and there. I had to take that table and flip it. And say, what on earth are we doing? Then I had to go in the next day and spend all day with them all. And I said, well, I was driving to work. I said, oh, Lord, Jesus, I'm getting ahead of this. I saw what happened to me yesterday. Oh, no, 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 no. Not today, not today. God, I will love them. I will serve them. Oh, God, yes, yes, yes. God, I will be the light. I will stop. I had the best day of my life. I don't want giggling. Like, ah, all right. You know, whatever. I said, what they're carrying is not coming on me. Oh, no. 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 Not coming on me. I'm just telling you all. Because I'm able to put it into practice because I'm a new creation. I don't know what you're going to be faced with this week. What you're going through today. What you're going to get up and walk out of here and face tomorrow. Or maybe tonight, but oh, how I pray 
if you're truly a Christian, that you remember that you are a new person. Well, I don't feel new. No, you are a new person. Well, I still have... Oh, for God's sakes, come on! Get in it. Stay in it. Apply it. Live for Christ. Die for Christ. Love Christ. Go to 2 Peter 1.4. 2 Peter 1.4. Um, I promise you, we're coming, we're coming, we're closing. We're landing the plane, Maritza. Get ready. I'm ready. Woo! 2 Peter 1.4. Peter 1 4. Yes, 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 yes. I'm got my bottles all falling apart. Alright, 2 Peter 1 4. You're partaker of his divine nature. Now, I don't know if that's hit you yet, or if you, un- if you truly understand what that means. But you are partaker of his divine nature. God in you, living through you amongst a wicked and perverse generation. That old man may still want to try to scream and carry on. That old woman may want to try to scream and carry on and provoke all this stuff. But you better remind yourself, I'm a partaker of his divine nature. Listen to what it says here. 1 Corinthians. No, 2 Peter 1.4. And because of his glory and excellence... He has given you, or given us, precious promises. These are the promises, oh hear this, that enable you to share His divine nature. And not only share, do you understand what it means to share into this? Look at the last part of this verse. And escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Again, someone who comes from such dark and Guilty and bleh. My desires were, whew. Like, God, I really? Like, you're going to, all that's going to be like, go away? Like, what? Like, I'm not going to, well, How? Ha. You look wrong. This is what you're sharing in now. And these promises that I've given you, Oh my. All right. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. So we heard you're a new creature. You're a partaker of his divine nature, and you're redeemed from the curse of the law. Go to Galatians 3.13 is where we're ending. Galatians 3.13. Oh my. I hope you're well equipped and ready to go. Galatians 3, verse 13. Redeemed from the curse of the law. But Christ, who? Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. Understand that. Remember, it's the law. It's that law that exposes the flesh. And the flesh deserves wrath and punishment. It's cursed. 
So is there any hope for this wretched man? But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law when he was hung on the cross. He took upon himself the curse, come on you all, for our wrongdoing. And we're peddling this weird Jesus out there to people. For it is written in scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. He did that for you. He did that for me. He's done it for all who would simply believe and be born again. There is a way in which we're called to live. And this as unto Christ. I'm going to close this out with this time of worship. And then I will close this in prayer.
Close to you, Yeshua. Sure. 